Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1387. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the inaugural Chattanooga Motor Car Festival that takes place October 11th, 12th, and 13th in 2019 at the Weston Hotel in Chattanooga's West Village. To learn more about this event, go to ChattanoogaMotorCar.com. You have to get rid of the mirror because you can't worry about what's going on behind you. You've got to keep looking ahead. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mike Tilson. Hey, Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I'm strapped in and ready to go. All right. I'll try to keep it on the track. Mike Tilson is the chief judge at the inaugural Chattanooga Motor Car Festival that takes place October 11th through the 12th at the Weston Hotel on Chattanooga's West Village. He's also the founder and chairman of the Radnor Hunt Concord Elegance, now in its 23rd year. He is chief judge at the Carmel Concours on the Avenue, an event I just attended, which was fantastic, and as a member of the International Chief Judges Advisory Group, known as the ICJAG, Mike judges at many major Concours events in the United States, Canada, and Europe. He's a former race car driver in the World Endurance Championship, SCCA, and IMSA. Mike competed at Sebring 12 hours, Daytona 24 hours, and Watkins Glen 6 hours, as well as racing in Mexico and Canada with many notable co-drivers, including Eins Ireland, Elliot Forbes-Robinson, Bruce Jennings, and Al Holbert. My gosh, you ran with some famous, famous guys. He competed in the Mille Miglia and the BMW team in a BMW 507, and for over 40 years, Mike owned a sales and service restoration shop specializing in high-performance European automobiles. Mike, I've told our listeners just a little bit about your incredible history. Take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles before I jump into the questions here. Sure. Uh, well, I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. Um, my father and my grandfather were in the automobile business and my uncle, and I, I started, uh, I guess, working as a mechanic for my father when I was 12 years old. So I've been around cars all my life. I uh, was expected to go to college to stay away from automobiles, and I, I did that. And uh, the minute I got out, I got back into automobiles. <laughs> you tricked your parents. Yeah, I, I kept them happy for a while. And then uh, I, I worked for my father. And unhappily, I was not 
pleased with the kind of cars I was working on, and I, I was offered a job to go to work at Ferrari, and I left my father's business and uh. went to work for Ferrari for a few years, and uh, that's where my passion for Italian cars came from. No doubt. Well, you've done some incredible things. You've hung out with some incredible people. Uh, you continue to do the same with all these events, and uh, since we're promoting Chattanooga this year, and I know next year I told you we're going to help you uh, promote Radnor Hunt because I've been wanting to do that for some time. But today we're going to focus on Chattanooga, but let's start off with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your success in your life. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, Mike, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel. Okay. Well, one of the life lessons I got uh, was uh, during racing. I was racing at Daytona and Sebring and uh, doing okay, and I felt I needed a better co-driver. I got the help of Bruce Jennings, who was an absolute fabulous Porsche guy, and I was racing Porsches. He liked the setup of our car, and he said there was only one thing wrong with it, uh, that I had this huge mirror over the roll bar so I could see what was going on behind me at Daytona. And he said to me, you have to get rid of the mirror because you can't worry about what's going on behind you. You've got to keep looking ahead. I love so it. that's sort of been a life lesson for me. I just keep looking forward. You can't worry about what's going on behind me. Well, I guess coming from his lips, uh, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, I love this because there's that old saying about why your rear view mirror is smaller than the windshield. It's because what's behind you is less important than what's ahead of you. And and certainly on a racetrack, uh, I guess that's the case. Um, you do kind of want to see who's coming up, but maybe not at that track. Maybe it well, matter. you really did in those days because you had the 917s that were closing on you at 240 miles an hour. It's nice to know they're back there. But I, I understood what he said, and we um, got rid of the mirror, and we did manage to finish a respectable fifth overall at Daytona. Nice. So wow. not bad for a bunch of amateurs. Uh, well, gosh, I think you guys are beyond amateurs, but, uh, running at, at events like that, but congratulations. I mean, you've, you've run some amazing races with some incredible people. So what a life. Well, let's go back in time in this life of years and talk about a story that instigated a passion that you have for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy and a racer? Um, no, I always knew it. You just born into it. It, it was, wasn't pivotal. My grandfather used to take me to, to races when I was a little boy, and the, the, the smell and the sound, I was just addicted. And uh, I knew it's, it was going to be my, my life. Yeah, sounds like a family affair, grandfather, father. I mean, you guys have all addicted. It really was. Yeah, well, that's cool. Uh, very fortunate. You know, I didn't have a lot of people in my family that were in the cars, so I kind of had to do it all by myself. But I always uh, envy a little bit the the guys that grew up with families that were into all that kind of stuff in doing that because there was just a lot more opportunity. But uh, that sounds fantastic. You're a very fortunate guy to have your grandfather spend some time with you like that. I would love for you to share a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way. Now, I'm talking to a race car driver. So one weekend, you're a star. The next weekend, eh, maybe not. But I'm sure there's some times that you've hit some, I won't say walls because we don't want to say that to a race car driver, but maybe hit some times they were challenging in your life. And I like people to share this with us because these are wonderful learning lessons if you look at them that way. I know they might be painful at the time, but walk us through one that might teach somebody out there a lesson who's facing the same kind of challenges and help them realize that there is some momentum happening after the fact. So take us there, would you? Well, um, there was one painful moment I remember and, uh, for a lot of reasons. I had the 
the misfortune to uh, crash a very rare Ferrari uh, GTO, totaled the car and um, did a lot of damage to myself and uh, spent some time in the hospital. And uh, what I was most worried about is that I had destroyed a perfectly fabulous, historic piece of automotive history. The car did get back together again, had a life in, in Europe, and uh, was eventually sold back here at America. And, and it's back uh, being restored again to be its horrible glory. Oh, wow. Where were you racing when this happened? Oh, uh, I was racing on Route 30. <laughs> oh, uh, ouch. Okay. <laughs> Let's add to, the, add to the pain. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, I had just finished uh, tuning in. It was, a, it was a car that was for sale for um, $7,295. When, um, okay, now, and I'm going to date you a little bit here, pal. Uh, <laughs> a, a GTO for 7,200. Are we talking the 60s? No, no, no. No, 70s? 1972. <laughs> okay, <laughs> pretty, well, pretty yeah, close. Seven, yeah, yeah, pretty close. I, yep, you know, yep. it's it's hard to fathom that these vehicles, I mean, even in the 60s, they weren't worth that much. Now, no, 7,200 no. bucks in 72 was... That was a fair amount of money, but well, uh, it, was, it was. I I had enough money to buy it. I know because I bought a Formula Ford for ten thousand dollars, which was worth three thousand dollars the next year. So it wasn't the money; it was just it was an old, worn out race car. But it was very, right. very cool. Yeah, no doubt. Ah, uh, but subsequently, well, the the car was sold recently. I uh, well, in the last four years, uh, oh, and okay. and it was just sold sold for fifty two million dollars. Oh. Ouch. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty incredible what those cars uh, mm-hmm. are going for. And, uh, but you know, they are the holy grail, I guess, they, of collector cars. If you think about it, they are. They're beautiful. They're Ferraris they're, and they're successful and they got everything going for them. Yeah. You know, my son, who's 25 now, I, I've taken him to car shows. And when I was racing vintage cars, used to take him to the track. And I remember when he was probably eight or nine years old, maybe even younger, uh, we were at uh, Laguna Seca during the historic races, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the GTOs were all there. Oh, uh, yeah, I, that, that was there. That, yeah, that was awesome. That was fabulous. It was insane to see 20-plus GTOs all on the track together racing. I mean, just amazing. And that's when he fell in love with those cars, because he'd not really seen one in person. And I, I'll never forget, we walked into the paddock, and there was a bunch of them lined up, and he went, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's pretty hard he, to ignore. Yeah, yeah. He just went nuts over those things. Still loves those to this day. So I just keep saying, "Work hard, kid. Work hard." Maybe good. he's got good. He's got good taste. Yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. I think he got that from my dad, who is a, a great artist and architect. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first instead of cars you crashed. Your first really <laughs> special vehicle. Uh, a car that had a lot of meaning for you, and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Well, my my first car I bought when I was fourteen. It was a nineteen forty six Buick that my father had laying around, and uh, I, I mean, I wasn't in love with the car, but it was a car that it was that I could call my own. Of course, I didn't have a driver's license, but my friend Augie had a driver's license. He was sixteen, so we would take the old Buick down to the shore and when we got to the back roads in the pine barrens i would take over driving because there was there were no police around so we would head to the shore and have a great time for the weekend in this big uh, bomb of a car but i eventually when i became 16 i i got an mga which was uh, what i wanted i wanted a sports car yeah. and it was, it was a great experience nice my dad had a 49 tc that was his first sports car i was a little kid probably four or five years old and uh, ah, I just love that car. As a little kid, it was like a giant toy. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, definitely very different than an MGA, which 
a good friend of his had, and I remember riding in that. In fact, the first sports car I ever rode in, I have a picture of my mom sitting in an MGA. My dad's friend loaned it to him, and I was less than one year old. I'm sitting on her lap. So that was was the first sports car I ever rode in. Yeah, kind of fun. Cool old block. I'll send you a copy of that. You'll get a laugh out. That's neat. Uh, Yeah, some little funny-looking kid with his giant head sticking up out of his mom's lap here (laughs) with a big smile on my face. (laughs) That's great. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go? I'll bet you there's a couple in your life. Yeah, there are, but it's sort of the same uh, mantra about the mirror. You know, it's hard. You can't look back. Right, yeah. But the one that I most regret regret selling was a BMW 507. Uh, I had two of them at one time. One was pretty much a trailer queen that we did Pebble Beach with. And um, it won a lot of major Concours events. And then I had another 507 that was my driver. That was the one I used for the Mili Mia. I sold that about three years ago, regrettably. And it's a, it's a complicated story, and I'm not allowed to tell you who I sold it to. That car was signed by Count Gertz. I, he went for a drive in that car with my significant other, and he signed the glove compartment for me because it was pretty emotionally attached to that car. But the, the time was right, and it went to the right home. If I could have a car back again, that would be it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, two of them. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. you're in the catbird seat, one for show and one for go. Yeah, I was, I was so. lucky. But the one for show, it was frustrating because I was afraid to drive it because it was so perfect. And I said, well, that's not what cars are about. You know, they're meant yeah. to be driven. You know, that is a conundrum uh, that many people have. I even had that a little bit with my car. My car's nowhere near that level, but I have an older Porsche. And it's escalated so much in value. Every time I drive it, my wife says, no, don't take it out. (laughs) It's worrisome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which is not much fun. I mean, I don't want to leave it parked anywhere and it's just kind of like, uh, what do you do? But, uh, Oh, well, I think there are bigger problems in the world than that. So uh, I'll just put a smile on my face and I'll take it for a drive after this talk just to say I did today. So the sun is out. Well, listen, uh, as the time we're recording this show, you're about to dive into your event, the Radnor Hunt. But the time this show airs, your show will have been over. Oh, it's it's shaping up and I'm I'm very excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I'm going to do, I'll tell our listeners is next year, I'm going to have you back so we can before your event, so we can talk about it, uh, have you be a guest uh, back on the show, because I want people to know about Radnor Hunt. And for those of you listening, it took place on September 6th through the 8th. You can go and check it out at radnorhunt.com and learn about this event. If you're not able to go this year, make sure you put it on your list for next year. But this week, we're promoting this inaugural Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. And I'd love for you to talk to our listeners a little bit more about why you got involved and what has you so excited about this event. It takes place October 11th through the 13th. Well, um, the uh, executive director, uh, Ken Gross, is an old friend, uh, automotive journalist, and um, he uh, and he's written many, many books and uh, curated a lot of uh, museum events with cars. And he invited me to become uh, uh, chief judge, and I accepted, and I went down to visit the, all the players, and I've never seen such a committed group of people putting a, an event together. And the venue is, is fabulous. It's going to be unique in having the cars on, on the street and having a speed event and a rally going on at the same time. So it's going to be actually a, a, what they're calling it, a motor car festival, and uh, and I'm excited about the uh the entries so far that are coming in, they're still coming in, and there's some, going to be some incredible cars there, race cars, hot rods, uh, classic cars, um, you name it, it'll be, it'll be there. You know, it sounds like a fantastic 
event. I mean, just brilliant. I love this whole idea of this drive they're going to have, kind of Goodwoodish, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's certainly a page out of the Goodwood book. Yeah, uh, it's going to be fantastic. Takes place October 11th, 12th, 13th. Go to com and you can learn all about it. So, Mike, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com. Or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. All right, Mike, we are back and I have a bit of an introspective question. I'm going to get into your mind a little bit here. If you were a vehicle, you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself manifested as a vehicle, what would Mike be and why? Uh, probably a Porsche. Okay. What kind of Porsche? A 911, of course. Of course. Okay. All right. <laughs> a new one, an old one? Air-cooled uh, 911. Okay. Yeah, um, I like it. I like the fact that it's unconventional with a rear engine, and um, they're reliable. Well, yeah, and you raced 911s, as you yeah, mentioned I, earlier. And, uh, every time I get in one, it's like putting on an old pair of comfortable shoes. It just feels perfect. Yeah. You know, I'm a big 911 fan too. My listeners know that. And I've had um, multiple 911s throughout my history. And going back to my first one, which was a 74, uh, all the way up to uh, the last newest one I had was a 993. I've got an 87 930 turbo in my garage right now. But the thing that always, and it's what you just said, whenever you get in a Porsche 911, no matter what era, even the new ones, when I sit in them, they just feel familiar. 
Yeah, they do, it's, and everything comes to hand easily. They, in spite of the bias of the rear engine, they really do handle very, very well. They do everything very well. Well, and they've gotten better and better throughout the years, especially when 993s came along. I mean, Absolutely. everything changed. They just really changed the cars up a lot. I remember the, the ad campaigns for those cars back in the day. I think Danny Sullivan was in one of those campaigns yes, where he, he got was. in a car. Yeah. yeah, I was talking about how much better they handle and that that terrible oversteer issue that they had. Now you get into my old 87, you got to be a little careful with the turbo lag. Um, well, oh, absolutely. Uh, Danny and I drove a, a 934 together. Not Danny, um, uh, Elliot Forbes Robinson. Oh, Elliot Forbes. Okay. Yeah. We drove a 934 together at um, Watkins Glen six hour. And it oh, was the first year that they, they were putting these big turbos on these cars. And it was very complicated, difficult and scary to drive because of the turbo lag. Absolutely. The first time I let my son drive the turbo, and I've had it for about 10 years now. Uh, he's 25, but this was back when he was about 17, I think. And I, we took him out somewhere where it was no traffic. And I said, okay, you know, you can stand on it here. Uh, just, just remember there's going to be a little boost that happens. And he mm-hmm. stood on it and I'm sitting in my mind counting 1001, 1002. And he's saying, man, this is fat. And just as he was saying the word Uh-oh. fast, everything changed. And he was like, what happened? Oh, my gosh. So, uh, yeah, cool cars. Well, you've driven some fantastic Porsches and 911s. I think are definitely you, Mike. Very, yep. very nice. Well, we are entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give that Porsche some quick blips of the throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive or racing advice you've ever received? Well, um, probably from my father, who uh, said, if you're going to do it, just do it right. And he wanted to make sure everything was right. And he was very meticulous as a mechanic. He helped me at the beginning of my driving career, getting me to the right driving schools and, again, doing it right. Because uh, you can always find the time to do it over again when you don't do it right. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, that happens. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Yeah, probably uh, OCD. I can't help walking into somebody's house and straightening all their pictures. And uh, I'm the same I, way. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> when I look at cars and I'm judging them, I like fit and finish, and I like clean lines. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably a, a blessing and a curse. Well, I know I drive my wife crazy with all that. Yeah, I mean, I'll I, walk yeah. in the pantry and straighten all the the, can, the cans, and she goes exactly. and messes up one or two just to mess with me. I think, but uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I I just blame my parents. Something that they did to me, I'm sure. Certainly not your fault. (laughs) Yeah, of course not. Well, how about a resource? Is there one that you'd like to share with our listeners that you find enjoyable? Basically, my friends and mentors. Figures in racing that go way, way back before me. They were my idols and my mentors, and they gave me great advice. And my friends have always been a good shoulder for me. Um, So that's where my main resource is. Oh, absolutely. Man, you've got to hang out with some very, very important people. That's very lucky at the right time. Uh, Right place, right time. Yeah, for sure. Now, how about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with somebody very special in the automotive industry? Now, this could be somebody living or deceased. Who would it be? Uh, Enzo Ferrari. Uh, Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, if a, he would tell you everything honestly, I mean, that's I can why t- he's you know? so enig- enigmatic. I'd yeah. like to hear a little bit more about what what he was thinking and the way he was thinking. Oh gosh, yeah, I get into that guy's head would be pretty amazing. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? Sure, uh, uh, there are two. Okay, one is by Sterling Moss, who was my idol all but my life. That's what racing was about for for the drivers in his period, and and that's the way I thought about it. But it was a very inspirational book. And the other book you should read, I guess it's coming out as a movie now, 
the art of racing in the rain, as told through the eyes of a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gar Stein wrote that book. Yes, He's been a yeah. guest here on the show. He lives up here in the Pacific Northwest. He's oh, okay, a very cool, great. Dri- drives great. a very cool old Alpha GTV. Uh, but uh, when I had him on the show, he was saying, you know, I'm hoping someday this book becomes a movie. We've been working on it forever. And Patrick Dempsey came along about the rights and made a movie, and now it's out. So yeah, uh, I haven't absolutely. gone and seen it yet, but uh, I certainly would like to. It's, but but it's, people should read the book because yeah, it, it, yeah. it is very inspirational. If you, have, if, you, if you care about dogs and you care about racing, all the things that in my life that are important, uh, it's a great book. Yeah, most recommended book here on Cars, yeah. But of course, the book by Sir Sterling Moss, All But My Life, another fantastic read. You can find all these Important resources on Mike's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Mike Tilson, and that page will pop right up. All right, Mike, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a car, any collector car, vintage race car, whatever you'd like. I'm going to park it in your garage today, but there are some rules to this game that might make it a little challenging. One is you have to drive it. No garage queens allowed, but I don't think that's a problem for you. The other thing is, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So if you pick a GTO, you got to keep, keep a GTO. But here's the kicker. It's the only one collector car you can own. So choose wisely. Well, it, it has to be the GTO. I mean, I, I've given up so much of my, uh, I gave up 11 teeth on the steering wheel on that car. Oh, so I, uh, so I'd love to, love to have the car back and I would cherish it and it would be the only car in my garage and I would drive it. There you go. Ah, nice choice. That's going to, Cost me a pretty penny. Oh, my gosh. You just broke the bank. Oh, well, that's okay. I bought a few Ferrari GTOs. You know, I should go back and count how many times people picked that car and see if I bought. Right. I think there's like 24 left, 26 or something like that. Yeah, I think. exactly. Yeah, wow. so I should see if I bought them all yet. So, well, and, that, and there, it has to be the right one, of course. So just not any yeah, GTO. Yeah, the one with your uh, yeah. memories. Yes. We'll just leave it at that. Hey, Mike, you've taken me on a great ride today. This has been great fun. I know you're in the midst and broils of, uh, as you said, when you called my hair's on fire. I've got a Concord in a few days. Uh, but I wish you the best success with that. Again, go and check out a Radnor Hunt because next year in September, it's going to be back even better. Uh, best you the, wish you the best. And of course, the Chattanooga Concord. Uh, everybody should check out this inaugural event, Chattanooga Motor Car Festival taking place October 11th through the 13th. Now, before I let you go, would you have a little parting word of wisdom or guidance for us? Well, it's the same thing about the mirror and the race cars. Don't look back. Just keep looking forward. You can't live with regrets. You've got to keep plugging away and forge ahead. Absolutely. Where's the best place for our listeners to learn more about Radnor Hunt, Concord Elegance? RadnorHuntConcours.org. .org. Great. And you can also find out more about Chattanooga Motor Car Festival at ChattanoogaMotorCar.com. I hope we see you there. Mike, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences. By the way, it was great to meet you on the lawn at Pebble Beach this summer. That was fantastic. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. Thank you, Mark. Looking forward to it. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me? 
on the Cars Yeah TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!